Well, we keep taping them and we keep pushing them out because we're radio entrepreneurs and we're all about stories of leadership, entrepreneurship in this economy. And all you have to do is read the news every day. And it's just the gift that keeps giving for entrepreneurs to keep their eyes open. Every week, we like to check in with uh, Mark Furman, director shareholder at the law firm of Tarlow Breed, Hardin Rogers, for our segment, Entrepreneurship and the Law. Welcome back, Mark. Hi, Jeffrey. Nice to see you. Nice to see you as well. Uh, as I said, the news keeps giving us more good data for entrepreneurs. Let's learn from the press. Well, that's, that's true. Um, so we had an interesting development in the civil fraud case against former President Trump brought by the New York Attorney General. And the judge last week, just a few days before the start of the trial, issued an important ruling finding essentially as a matter of law that um, the former president had substantially undervalued his assets, overvalued his assets to uh, in connection with uh, bank loans and, uh, and other things by a sort of dramatic amount of money. Uh, using the one example um, saying that his uh, residence in New York at the time was uh, 10,000 square feet, roughly a little more, uh, uh, 30,000 square feet, roughly, when in fact it was 10,000 square feet, roughly. Probably uh, counted in the uh, common space hallways. Well, I'm not... I'm not sure, but it was a pretty wide uh, gap in, in that example. So the judge essentially entered summary judgment on liability against him. So I thought uh, entrepreneurs should understand a little bit about how the legal system and, and uh, summary judgment works when there's a dispute. So, um, you know, my, most commonly... Um, a, a lawsuit gets brought, a civil lawsuit, and a uh, case gets moving towards trial. And there are various procedures that are available uh, to decide whether there's anything to try. And typically, the issues are whether the defendant is liable, and if so, what's the amount of the damages or what's the remedy in the event they are liable. So in this case, um, and it's, you know, I think pretty unusual, the court entered right before the trial summary judgment in favor of the plaintiff, the attorney general of New York against um, Trump and others, uh, that they were liable for fraud and uh, doesn't decide the remedy. But the trial has begun as to what the remedy will be, which will probably involve, you know, some kind of monetary damage award. Um, so, um, so it's it's very common that there be uh, that summary judgments or motions that uh, are filed. The theory of it is there are no material disputes about the facts that would make a difference in the outcome of the case. Um, and they're most commonly brought by 
uh, defendants to throw out the case, uh, but they can be brought by the plaintiff. And in this case, um, the judge allowed the plaintiff's motion for summary judgment. And so now the trial is just about, I think, damages and the remedy uh, as opposed to whether or not there is liability. I'm sure there'll be an appeal from the decision on liability. Um, I, in reading news reports, I haven't read the, the whole record, but it sounds like um, lenders got their money back. It wasn't a situation where um, that, you know, the lenders were left with a loan that couldn't be repaid. Uh, I'm sure that'll be uh, a basis for the appeal that essentially um, that there is uh, nobody lost their investment, uh, their loan or whatever. Um, so that's that's one. That makes argument. me think of Madoff that if he paid everybody back, even though he was running a Ponzi scheme, that he would still, that he would deserve less of a sentence. Well, uh, I'm, not a, I'm not a criminal lawyer, Jeffrey, but in in reality, um, the federal sentencing guidelines, I think, uh, focus in, at least in part on the amount of the loss so that if um, someone uh, were to engage in a Ponzi scheme and everybody got their money back, um, although in the Madoff thing, there were the artificial investment returns, yep. uh, which complicated, but it, it does, it, it does uh, tie back to that. And, uh, um, um, and so anyway, so, uh, it's a big deal, the decision, it's going to be appealed and, uh, the remedy is likely to be pretty significant that gets ordered by, by the judge. And, um, we're going to have to, we're going to have to see, um, you know, what the result is on appeal. You know, one thing about the legal system, there's, uh, you know, it keep it can keep going for a long time, these cases, if they're not, if they're not settled. But it was certainly um, unusual to see a, uh, someone, former president, in this case, a former president running for the presidency and, 2024, who's the, uh, seems to be uh, in the substantial lead for the Republican nomination, appearing in court yesterday and uh, as a defendant in a civil case where he was, it was determined last week that there had been um, fraudulent uh, misrepresentations. Another issue that's going to be uh, on appeal is um, this qualifier in these applications <clears throat> um, they, they would include a disclaimer they list their assets and values 
and then they put in a disclaimer about, um, you know, don't rely on this or something like that. And the question is whether anybody had a right to rely on the financial statements with uh, these statements that the judge found were not true, given that disclaimer language. That's going to be another issue on appeal. Um, the judge did not think that's a um, eliminates the representations made in the financial statements, but we'll see what an appellate court does. So it sounds like there's a long road ahead of us that just having the judge, the summary judgment is just one step in what's going to be a long process. And it looks like the ex-president has been using this to his advantage right now. Uh, he's been using it as a fundraising tool and it's been working and to get press. And that's only solidified his base, which is really quite interesting. Uh, and I also think about the people, the judge and the attorneys representing the state, how they must be, you know, you know, why would you want to put yourself in this position to be a target for such anger? Tough position to be in. Yeah. I mean, um, I've seen pictures of this judge on every news show. They keep posting pictures, and I'm sure his family's not too happy, and he's not too happy about that. Yeah, well, it gets back to our unbelievably polarized uh, politics today, which um, is pretty scary. But it also says to me, and I brought this up to you before, that a lot of entrepreneurs do things assuming it because they think that their organization is their world and they sort of create their own structure and rules and regulations. And when you do that, you're always running risk of it catching up to you. And not everybody can afford, well, nobody else that I know can afford to fight like Donald Trump. He seems to be able to sort of skate outside of repercussions better than a regular everyday entrepreneur like myself. If this was happening to me, they'd be fitting me for some kind of like striped suit. <laughs> and I'm not saying that's right or wrong. It just seems, you know, entrepreneurs need to be careful. They need to understand they're not above the law. Well, we, we live in a highly regulated society, Jeff. It's no, there's no getting around it. And there are some very strict laws that relate to, you know, employment uh, the environment, uh, uh, making uh, false statements, um, defamation, unfair competition. Um, there, there are there are a lot of rules out there, and um, within the cocoon of a privately owned business. Um, the business owner is the the boss, but when someone files a complaint with the outside of the cocoon, and some of these very strict laws go into effect, 
and becomes public, there can be really unexpected accountability uh, in a way that not all entrepreneurs recognize. So it is important to get uh, appropriate advice and understand the risks that you're taking and to try to manage those risks. And, and some of the laws are so complicated that um, no entrepreneur is going to know all of them. In fact, no lawyer is going to know all of them. So, I mean, you need to get legal advice and make sure that um, you can protect yourself from these uh, <clears throat> unexpected risks and figure out what risks you can insure against and what risks you can't and, um, and, and just protect yourself. I mean, it's very, the rules are quite strict. So Mark, uh, I would encourage entrepreneurs if they don't have an attorney and if they do need advice on what rules they need to be following and how to stay out of trouble, because this can be a distraction also for running a business that they contact you. But if somebody wants to know more about these subjects, how would they find you? Best way to reach me is by email. M Furman, F-U-R-M-A-N at T-B-H-R dash L-A-W.com. Thank you very much, Mark. And I remind everybody that Mark Furman and Entrepreneurship in the Law will be back next week on Radio Entrepreneurs.